Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. Once again, because it's the festive season, we're going through the uh, best and worst films of the year with me and Jack Howard. Hello. Jack, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? We, we should say for people... We we did all four of these in one batch. It's not like we yeah. went away and came back. So we're still we've literally just finished the. If you've listened to the, the in the first two, we did not because we're doing top ten, but it's five each. So we did number five to number three half to half of number three of our best, and then five to number three half of our worst. And uh, we kind of fell out about last night in Soho, but we're all. We're yeah, all, we're, we're all good. We're all okay. Yeah, we're we've had a good. cuddle in between podcasts. <laughs> Mummy and Daddy still love each other. <laughs> they just it's not want about to, you. They just want to live apart. <laughs> <laughs> They're just sick of each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that thing in the Peter Sellers biopic in which the character played by Jeffrey Rush says to the child, um, it's not that Daddy doesn't love you, it's just that Daddy loves Britt Eklund more. <laughs> <laughs> So worth getting to. Anyway, okay, so we are halfway through our top ten, but obviously five because there's two of us, two fives to ten, of our best uh, and worst films of the year. This is the best that we're going to be doing now, so number three to number one. We ended with me choosing Green Knight uh, as my number three. Jack, what is your number three best film released in the UK in 2021? Don't Look Up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, go on. And you know what? Like, I'm surprised. I'm such a massive fan of Adam McKay. Uh-huh. I, I think... Is he McKay or Mackay, how is he? Is I would he, say Mackay. Okay, fine, good. Yeah, um, the in uh, when when the Big Short came out, yeah, I I think I think, and this is me being very honest, I think I was a bit too young to really get on board with some of the complexities about what it was talking about. Okay. Like I don't think I could like fully follow yet the. The, the the crash I don't think I could follow it I don't think it made sense to me even when he had Margot Robbie in a bathtub <laughs> I was like, Margot Robbie in a bathtub like, put it on mute um, but as I've gotten older and I've had a, a sort of rewatch of it I've, I've I've got a newfound sort of appreciation for it and I now feel like I understand it a lot more I don't think I completely get it nor do I think most people do to be honest but I think it's brilliant I think he's brilliant I love his like kinetic way of, of of editing films as well as well as like the way that he moves the camera and obviously he was the um the person who spearheaded the way that succession is made he directed the pilot for succession so it's got a very similar you know almost like faux documentary kind of style yeah. to, to things where it makes you really believe that these things are happening in front of you and then i really love device i really think device is fantastic and i i find it a very easily rewatchable film i find it a very funny film i think christian bale and amy adams are outstanding in it i love like his his weird like editing choices in that where he will like 
like in the scene where um, Dick Cheney is talking to George Bush and he's asking him to be his vice president, he does almost like this like flash forward of Dick Cheney like laughing while he knows that he's like got he's caught this guy and he's got exactly what he wants and he's just these very like interesting things like that and like the joke in that movie where it ends halfway through like it gives like fake like on screen titles about yeah. like what they went on to do like breed labradors and then the credits start coming up and it really like leans into it for a long time like a belly laugh joke to me so i was really really excited for don't knock up because leo dicaprio in a in a comedy like this Jennifer Lawrence's return to cinema as well after a few years of not being in things. And then I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score, and I don't obviously like treat that as like the word of gospel, but I saw that it was like bang half half, like it was splitting opinion. And that firstly made me go, Oh, wasn't expected that, but then it made me even more excited because I was like, Oh, it's strongly dividing opinion. Can I could I give you one piece of advice? Please. Stop going on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yeah, sure. Just stop going on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Because Rotten Tomatoes is the work of the devil. Go on. Well, it's just rubbish. All review aggregators are rubbish. Mm. Okay? Basically, okay, if you have a Rotten Tomatoes thing, if some people think a film is brilliant, some people think a film is terrible, the Rotten Tomatoes score is, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. And I actually think as well that that's why something like... So I wasn't a big fan of Shang-Chi, the Marvel film that came out earlier oh, this year. I liked year. it. I wasn't a big fan no, of it. But, but like that's got like a 90-something on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's because most people are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that makes it feel like, it, oh, it's got a 90-whatever on yeah. tomatoes. Oh, my God. But it's like most people going, yeah, three stars. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so I saw that this was like dividing people. And that made me more excited because I was like, well, I'm either going to love this or I'm going to hate it. And I loved every second of it okay. i thought it was a pitch perfect parody of what we're going through at the moment not only with covid obviously and also to do with climate change and of course the the, the covid stuff is preemptive because they started shooting mm-hmm. it was january of the thing so all the script writing it's all about climate change all about climate change and then suddenly when for the central thing is these two low-level astronomers discover that an asteroid or a meteor, I never discovered yeah, yeah, which is yeah. one, is on course to destroy the Earth. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Is it 99.7? Oh, there we go. Uh, we'll so, say 70. Say 70. <laughs> Round it down to 60. <laughs> they go to the sit, White House. Sit tight and assess. They go to the White House where Meryl Streep is a female version of Trump is there. and all Which she- is, first of all, a genius thing. We were talking about this recently yeah. at the pub. <laughs> where I was like God, do you remember going to the pub? <laughs> <laughs> I um I was like, it's amazing that he's gone I want like clearly Adam McKay is a very political human being and like really wanted to express something about how he feels about Donald Trump. But nobody wants to watch two and a half hours of Donald Trump on screen. Like, ugh no. Who do you want to watch? Meryl, Meryl Streep. <laughs> like, of course. Like, make her the president. And, like, why not, like, just completely gender flip it and just be like, yeah, that's what we're doing, but we're making it her instead of that troll. Like, we're going to make it this this compelling actress that you... I mean, she really eats it up as well. Like, she yeah. loves that, every yeah, second of it. She's very, very good. And, of course, I mean, one of the reasons I like it... I mean, I'm. it's not in my top five by any means, but one of the reasons I like it is... I think the central conceit of the phrase "don't look up." Oh yeah, the idea of politicizing the act of looking up. Yeah, because you know, it, particularly with everything that's happened with COVID and what we now have just discovered fairly recently, as we're recording this, about the fact that Trump's administration deliberately hindered the um, you know the fight against COVID. It deliberately fouled up the figures. It you know it, it it's we now finally have the 
the official verdict on this, and it is, yes, they're monsters. They are absolute monsters. But the politicisation of masks and the politicisation of vaccines, so like in America, for example, if you're a Democrat, you are massively more likely to be vaccinated than if you're a Republican. And Republican senators are, meanwhile, going around tweeting people saying, yeah, take your masks off. You know, it's all rubbish. It's all, you know, we can't listen to the science. We can't listen to the figures. And that then becomes don't look up. Don't look up where you can actually see that a meteor is actually coming towards the earth. No, don't look up. Look straight ahead. Look straight ahead because it's the liberal elite who are trying to tell you to look up. And I thought that was a that worked surprisingly well, particularly since it was never about that. It Mm -hmm. was about climate change. And isn't it amazing how it kind of just accidentally, you know, became that? And and it's such a perfect. uh, Also, very good to see a film in which Timothy Chalamet plays an irritating young boy. But I also like it in a meta way that, like, you know, if the world were ending and Timothy Chalamet came along. I'm sure that yeah yeah I'll shack up with Timothy Chalamet <laughs> like that seems to be what happens like Jennifer Lawrence who's Timothy. clearly like 10 years or something older than Timothy Chalamet is like yeah I'll shack up with Timothy Chalamet <laughs> like that's kind of what happens and I really really like that it's just like yeah I'll take a chance on this and Kate Blanchett doing every Fox oh News God. journalist ever she's so funny you know? she's so good and just how like superficial all of it is and like how you know the, the criticism of the way that uh, women are treated in the media the fact that like I mean the amazing line of like oh the handsome astronomer who can come back anytime the yelling lady not, <laughs> not so, so much, much. <laughs> and then like the fact that he Leonardo DiCaprio's character starts leaning into this role that he's playing within the media because it's getting him attention and because it's give, getting him success in whatever way and he's benefiting from the end of the world yeah. seeing that happen was also really interesting and and you know dark and and yeah. kind of like a criticism of capitalism as well as like you know it's I think some of the criticism that's come at it is like pick a lane and some people and I was like no he's he's criticizing the world like the way that the world is right now well, also and I think the, he's doing that very well and also it is it funny and the answer is Hell it is yeah. funny it, yeah. that's the point it, you can do what you want if it's funny and it is consistently the yeah, entire way through is. Jonah Hill oh my god the moment when he's when he says yeah you can come down to the bunker now or whatever it is like the meeting that we're having and Leonardo DiCaprio comes out and Jennifer Lawrence is like oh what so we're just supposed to stay here and he goes oh do you want to come and she goes yeah and he just closes the door <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. I can't wait to watch it again. It is like it's obviously not going to be for everyone because the humor in it is based in like really dark, horrible behaviors about human beings. And if you don't like that reflection, if you don't like looking into that mirror and seeing that reflected back at you, you're not going to like it. And that's fine. But I think it's I think it's right up my street, and I think it was pitch perfect. I also thought it breezed by; didn't feel like two and a half hours. No, I mean I I watched it on a screener link, and uh, and I. I didn't look at my phone once, mm. which is... Good sign. Yeah, it is a good sign. It is a good sign. Your breathing is stressing me out. This will affect the entire planet. I know, but it's, like, so stressful. Can I get that one more ice water? I'll get two more glasses of white wine, and I don't need the judgy face. There's a comet headed directly towards Earth. Do you know how many the world is ending meetings we've had over the last two years? Drought, famine. Oh, the ozone is so boring. Number two in my favourite films of the year is Summer of Soul, 
which when we talked about this before when we did our kind of midterm report, I loved Summer of Soul. I just thought, I mean, the most amazing thing about it is it's this rediscovery of this uh, festival footage from the Harlem Cultural Festival from 1969 that I knew nothing about. And apparently a bunch of other people knew nothing about. And in a year when you think that the, you know, the big cultural, pop cultural moment movies are Give Me Shelter and Woodstock, mm. and then you watch this and it's like, wow, this is... It's astonishing. It's Mahalia Jackson and it's Stevie Wonder and it's Sly and the Family Stone and it's just every act on fire and it's a big cultural phenomenon and how did I not know about this? How is it that I, who's... In, I'm interested in rock documentaries. I knew nothing about this until I mean, Christoph Thompson came, came along, you know, refound the footage and one of the lovely things about it is he's found people who were there at the festival and he begins and ends with somebody who was there when they were very young going, yeah, I mean, I think it, I mean, I think it was, I have a memory of it, but then he starts showing them the footage and it ends up with that same person in tears going, I thought I'd imagined it. I literally thought I'd imagined wow. it. And, and what you've done is you've shown me, honestly, it's the, it's, I think it's the best concert movie I've ever seen. Mm. And I've seen a lot of concert movies. How many times have you watched it this year? Four. Has it become like a bit of a comfort thing yeah, yeah because it's it's not just that it's comfort it's i mean it is comfort but also it's so proud mm. it's so i mean the music is dynamite the music is just like it's so funky and it's so spiritual and it's so adventurous and some of the but you just you're just watching it going where has this been yeah yeah yeah, it's, yeah. So, it's almost a crime that it's been hidden for so yeah, long and it's just so so fantastic I, I can't I cannot recommend it highly enough I just yeah I, I could just bang it on at any time and ju it's just wonderful so that's my number two as soon as you move down we can start welcome to the Harlem Culture Festival here in the Harlem High what time is it you will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Your number two? Spencer. Very good. And again, soundtrack is very important because Johnny Greenwood's score... Dynamite. Yeah. So Absolute good. dynamite. I, I, speaking of, we were saying that Dev Patel has never given a bad performance. Johnny Greenwood, every single time he does a soundtrack, I get massively interested. But Spencer is really interesting. Yes, it is. He, Johnny Greenwood describes it as being, he said what he did was he took a, like a classical, you know, a classical arrangement, a classical orchestra, and then one by one replaced them with free free jazz musicians playing the same instrument. Right. So you get that kind of idea about a regency structure falling into something much more freeform and much mm. more chaotic. And actually, sorry, at the, at the risk of... Uh, let me read you something, because I do a music show on Scala Radio, and I this was my second favourite film score of the year. And I wrote a note to Johnny Greenwood, who I, you know, I've kind of had some dealings with, and said, "Look, could you just say a few words about the score? It's, it's all right, Jack. Can I just read you?" Please this about, do. About, yeah, I'm so excited to hear about, this. About what he said. So hang on, I'm literally just going into my. This is how slow I am. He's he's got a weird. He's JG. <laughs> he is, isn't he? He's, he's like oh, J. Johnny Greenwood. There we go. Fine. Okay, so here is what he said about the score. Blah, 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 blah. He said that? He said blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, no, he emailed it to me, didn't he? Did he email it? Hang on. We'll leave all this in, Nick. It's absolute comedy gold. <laughs> right. Hang on. Okay. Oh, maybe he texted it to me. Hang it's on. Right. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nick. You will have to trim this, but let me go. Hang on. Right, here we go, here we go. So this is what, so fine. So anyway, I messaged Johnny, said, Can you, this is what Johnny Greenwood said about the score. He said, the music started from the determination of having some freeform jazz as part of the score. Traditionally, these kinds of films are done with Purcell and Handel style music, royal music in other words. But then I realised that nothing has changed much in, instrumentally in the intervening 300 years. Trumpets, drums, double basses, keyboards are all essentially the same, as are a lot of the chord sequences. So I just wrote some Baroque themes for a small orchestra and then had the jazz players replace the orchestra players one at a time until it morphed from one world into another. Wow. Diana is a free spirit in this film, or trying to be, and that's what the score is attempting to describe. And that, my friends, is a fucking great score. Yeah, yeah, fuck me. Like, that's somebody who's like, it's nice to hear somebody speaking about their role in a film purely serving what it is at the core purely serving the drama yeah yeah completely exactly. and like adding to that like completely like for what I'll say about it is that I mean I loved Jackie his yeah. previous film and I mean, it's quite funny that Pablo he's Lorraine, yeah, who's the director. yeah he's getting a little bit of a reputation for making beautiful films about sad women <laughs> hey, it's, it's a big genre <laughs> yeah. but like quite quickly from when it opened I felt 
found myself being very overwhelmed by how beautiful it was. I was just like, this the cinematography in this is stunning. And it is I mean, I think I remember hearing your review on the radio where you were saying that like it opens and there's like army trucks and stuff going by yeah. and you're like, What what movie is yeah, that's right. you think you're in the wrong film. Yeah, like it opens actually I think the opening shot is from inside the, the, the fridge in a kitchen and you can just make out that there's a sign that says be quiet or like keep quiet. They can, they can hear, hear you, you. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think they can hear you that to me felt like it was the 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 crux of what was like you know it was the thing that was threaded through the entire film because i think Kristen stewart is amazing i know you've been love a, a her, huge her, huge fan her. of hers ever since the twilight days and probably yep. before yep. obviously well panic room yeah 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 uh, contact um yeah and uh she isn't and is doing almost like it's almost like she's doing what your memory of Diana is when you first meet her. It's almost a little bit disarming to sort of see her be Diana. And then quite quickly, I start to realise that everything she's saying sounds like it's a secret. Like everything. She's doing everything at this kind of level. Like she's almost like worried that somebody is going to overhear her. And that sign, be quiet, they can hear you, just kept coming back into my mind even yeah. if they were I think they cut to it a couple of times they, they do like they do well, it's yeah, there it's a... so, uh, but like it, even when they didn't do that it felt like it was the case and you know they do things like they sew her curtains up like all these things that are, yeah, are Prince, there to... Pr- Princess in the Town absolutely yeah. it's like a, it, and it's described as a fable from a true tragedy which yes. is a beautiful yes. phrase beautiful yes. way of describing it and Jack do you know what the film isn't about family <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Sorry. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I think she's astounding. I I think she should win every award going yeah, she's for great. it. She's brilliant. Um and the filmmaking is incredible. I love that it kind of turns into this like strange surreal horror where she's seeing the vision of Anne Boleyn and like and it's got this kind of um dramatic irony to all of it because there's this constant chatter in the film about how she feels like she's running out of time. Yeah. And it's like you we know that yeah. this is what's happening. Yeah. Um but it's it's kind of as if Diana in the film knows that that's the case as well. Um yeah, I I just thought it was fab. I thought it was really really brilliant. Ma'am. They're waiting for you. It's in my top ten. Not in the five, but it's in my top ten. So, number one spot. My favourite film of the year. Is? Petite Maman. Oh, I still haven't seen it. She's Celine Sima, who I I really want to see it. Oh, I love that it's only 88 minutes long. It's 73 minutes long. Is it 73 minutes long? 73. I apologise. No, no, it's it's, it's 73. It is a U-certificate film. That means anyone can watch it. And the best... I mean, I'll, I'll keep it brief because I've talked about this a lot, but... It's basically a fairy tale or a modern fable about two young girls who meet in the wood who look very similar, played by twins, who have a kind of magical connection. And the film starts with one of the young girls losing her grandmother Mm. and her mother being distressed about it and the child being distressed about it. And the film is then broadly about 
wouldn't it be magical if you could meet your parents when they were still children? Mm-hmm. And as with all of Celine Siemar's work, I mean, she made Girlhood, she made Portrait of a Lady on Fire. You just go, I am... When I try when you when you review the film when when I reviewed the film I remember you know you write your first draft of the, of the thing the, the review and I just wrote perfect mm. it's almost I almost have nothing to say about it other than that's it's difficult sometimes isn't it to to talk about something that you love so much when you like a lot of the time you're like picking up but you're just like I was just it's actually a, a bigger compliment to have less to say because you're like I just yeah. the magic trick worked yes it's exactly. And again, the magic trick worked. I mean, it's like, you know, you can talk for 20 minutes about why you didn't get on with Last Night in Soho, but I can literally give you one word on why I love Petite Maman, and it is perfect. And I would say, everybody, go and see it. So, uh, my number one is Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, controversial choice. Yes. Um, and I, You're a and big Adam Garfield fan. Andrew. <gasps> You're a big Andrew Garfield fan. I absolutely adore Andrew Garfield. I, I just think he's the best. And... Also, just seeing him in interviews recently um, for for Tick Tick Boom has just made me fall in love with him even deeper because he just seems like such a great person. But anyway, like Tick Tick Boom, I didn't have much expectations for, and I also know that it's like it's it's it is a controversial choice for favorite film of the year, but it is my favorite film of the year. Yeah, it's great. great. It's a story about Jonathan Larson who created Rent, but it's uh, about his. Um, him when he was 29 years old before he was a success and the story is leading up to his 30th birthday and him feeling like he's running out of time and that he needs to have done something significant otherwise he'll he'll he will never be able to do it and that son high had done you know stuff before him and all these like greats that have managed to do it before him and he he is running out of time um and it's actually an adaptation of his second musical and the film cleverly mixes between a performance of the, the musical, musical Tick Tick Boom whilst also showing you a representation of what inspired that musical and weaving in the songs back and forth between him performing them on stage and also between the reality of what was happening that inspired the songs yes the first one being a musical that he wrote which was a dystopian futuristic science fiction fantasy that he couldn't get off the ground so he ended up making a musical about how he couldn't get the dystopian futuristic science fiction fantasy off the ground yes Yes. and the songs even that they they uh they performed from that musical in which that was brilliantly done by the way but like the songs they perform in the film about from from that musical I was like if that was the opening of a musical I was watching in the West End I'd be like this is going to be fucking brilliant like that it feels very Book of Mormon actually some of the some of the uh, some of the uh, the dynamics of the song in it it feels like it's almost a parody of musical theatre in some ways but the reason why it really spoke to me is because I am also 
a creative man, age of 29, who is turning oh, Jack, 30. Are you having midlife crisis? No, I don't think I'm having a midlife crisis, but I certainly watched it and felt like, oh, this is about me. Like, not, not that I feel particularly similar that like I need to do something by 30 or else I won't have made it because I feel pretty satisfied right now with how things are kind of going but certainly spiritually I was like oh this is this is about my time and it's like for me right now so it just kind of found me at this point you know the same as Bo Burnham's Inside like it had a very similar effect of just like oh this is incidentally I watched that again and I think you're more right than I was oh good oh I'm so glad that you will come back to it yeah Um, but yeah so a bit of that like feeling very very just taken by it also loving the songs especially 3090 which is the opening number and then the therapy song um which i can also relate to as well about the this the, the sort of modern romance of like how they're communicating i feel bad that you feel bad about me feeling bad about you feeling bad about what i said about what you said about what you did about what you and all that is like yeah i can see that should just say for our listeners both of us are in therapy <laughs> yes we are <laughs> so, hey, and, and both, it's a great thing yeah, both proud of it yes both absolutely very proud. much so I, I started as cbt but i'm now having full-on freudian mm-hmm. you know digging around stuff going back to childhood yeah, stuff. yeah 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 love it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway so just everything's our parents yeah. fault no 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 it's <laughs> a, absolutely not do you know the definition of freudian it's when you say one thing but mean your mother yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry, finish your tick tick boom. So there's that. I love the songs. And then also, just on another level, that it is about a character who believes he was running out of time and he was. That is such a tragic yeah. story to tell. And it's also woven in with uh, the AIDS epidemic that yeah. was happening at the time with uh, a character who. Um, his best friend who he believes that he and his uh, and, and his people like him and his friends are also running out of time but actually the whole time Jonathan Larson was the person who ended up uh, yeah it's a, yeah. it's a tragic story but it, there's some yeah there's something about that that, that Again, really sticks that, that, with me that chimes as well with Spencer because as you said the thing with Spencer is that you feel like it, the, the time is running out but we know that in retrospect but they don't know it at the time yeah, yeah. okay well I think that's a really interesting choice so just to run down our top five again at number five, my five was Titan. Yours was... Come on, come on. My number four was Another Round. Yours was... King Richard. My number three was The Green Knight. Yours was... Don't Look Up. And my number two, Summer of Soul. Your number two... Spencer. My number one, Petite Maman. Your number one... Tick, tick, boom. And what's interesting is no crossover between the titles. Yeah. But I like all your choices. Thank you, man. Yeah, I also want to see I want to see the ones on yours that I haven't seen. Yeah. And if I may, yes. just because I know I don't want to run over, I yep. also just want to, about Tick, Tick, Boom, one last thing I wanted to say was about uh, the reason why I was so taken with it overall was because of whole Lin-Manuel Miranda, who obviously is known for everything, Hamilton for and everything. everything. Yeah. This is his directional debut, and I would love to see more of him directing because there's, there's just can I just say I think there's no chance oh, yeah. that you're not yes. going to see more of him directing <laughs> because he really this is where I feel like I've been most impressed by him as uh, you know on his ever expanding skill set skill set but this is where I've been most impressed by him I thought opening it with VCR looking footage that was fake but felt very real was yeah. such a brilliant way of getting us into the fact that this was a true story about you know real stuff that could have been happening and intertwining that with more cinematic stuff just things like that and the way that he manages to make the musicals feel like they could really be happening because they are just a bunch of theater kids and you know that the bohemia one in the in the apartment feels like it just 
happens in a very natural way and I love that they have this like jock kind of character that goes this was amazing like he's just like impressed by them yeah I, I couldn't speak higher of it lately I've been hearing this sound like a Like a time bomb. Check. Hey, boy genius. The fuse has been lit. The clock counts down the seconds. That sounds great. Do you know how many Jonathan Larsons there are? One. The flame gets closer and closer and closer. Until all at once, everything explodes. What was really surprising was that last week I saw a film that Lin Manuel Miranda wasn't involved in. Oh wow! Yeah, I know. I don't. I didn't think there. I didn't think there existed yeah, anymore. No, it did. <laughs> anyway, Jack. Okay, fabulous. So the next podcast is going to be our number three to number one of our least favourite films of the year. I hope we're going to find more accord in that. Thanks for listening to this. I hope you're all staying safe and keeping well. And you know, do the usual stuff. Check out the check out the Patreon page. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Stay safe, everyone. Tune in for the next podcast. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.